0: It's a division that features the defending Super Bowl champions and one of the most electric quarterbacks in the game. Does anybody want to win the NFC West? That's the focus of today's TDN Daily. And welcome to the Monday edition of TDN Daily. Daily Chris Schubert back here once again with you hope everybody had a great weekend hope everybody enjoyed all of the chaotic football action that we had both on Saturday in the college football world I certainly was at one of those chaotic games between Alabama and Texas A&M and then all the games yesterday that we had on the NFL slate we got a lot to get into another divisional focus last week when we debuted the show we had a conversation about the NFC East we're going out West this week because the NFC West is a division that is really intriguing me through five weeks of games They've all played five games, so we will get into all of that here on today's show. But before we do that, football's back. We're five games in. You guys know this by now. And Bet Online remains your number one source for all of your football betting needs this season. And over there, you're going to find your latest odds, the matchup info, player news, and game trends. And one of my favorite things is that the next week's lines they're the first to market with them. They are out before anybody else's. And they are your continued sp- source for all sports wagering info. BetOnline features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. They are always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorites sports and events like MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head on over to betonline.ag to join, and you're going to receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use our promo code Believe. that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. BetOnline, where the game starts. And I don't think if I read to you the standings that currently make up the NFC West that they wouldn't. I don't think they would shock you. The San Francisco 49ers are the team in first place. The Rams right behind them, the Cardinals and Seahawks there as well. In fact, the 49ers are the top of the division and the rest of the three teams are tied. And I think that's where the shock comes into play of the way these teams have played through five weeks. And, These are not the versions of these teams that we certainly expected to have through five weeks, especially when you look at the team that is leading the division, the San Francisco 49ers, a team that had a win yesterday over the Carolina Panthers, and they're doing so. They're winning these games. They are the leading uh, the NFC West. They are going to get that home playoff game if the playoffs were to end today. Not because of Trey Lance, the guy who they were handing the keys to this offense and this team off to, but Jimmy Garoppolo, the guy who wasn't supposed to be here, the guy that was supposed to be gone, was supposed to be on a new team wasn't brought to camp, was doing stuff on the side, had a procedure in the offseason, was not supposed to be the starting quarterback, backup quarterback, was not supposed to be on the roster for the San Francisco 49ers. Now here he is leading this team to the best record in the NFC West. And again, right now, having that home playoff game, as the division winner. And that's what this is all about, right? Winning the NFC West, winning any division in football, guarantees you that all-elusive home playoff game. Now, if you're the top seed, you get the bye. But that home playoff game, that is what you are looking for. You want to be able to welcome another team into your building, make them make that travel. You get the comfort of your own home, your own building, your fans. They're making the noise. That is what you want. And so that's a very important thing to strive for. Yet it feels as though through five weeks, these teams are... Trying to fight over each other of who's not going to win the division. And we'll go through each of these teams here, just like we did last week with the NFC East. So we'll talk about where they're at in their current season and if there's any potential for them to turn things around. But the 49ers feel like the proper place for us to start this show because, they, again, they are the team in first place. They are a team that is coming off a win yesterday. Cannot say that for any of the other three teams in the division, which is what has allowed them to pole vault themselves into first place with that 3-2 and two record. And taking a quick look ahead for the San Francisco 49ers, and listen, they got a defense that's very talented. They They know what they have in Jimmy Garoppolo. If there's one thing we know about Jimmy G is they know what they're going to get with him. I think we all can expect on a regular basis what kind of play they're going to have. I don't know if they're going to be able to score 37 points regularly like they did today against the Panthers. That's more of a product, probably, of the way the Panthers play than it is the juggernaut of the San Francisco 49ers offense, but this is a team that's going to run the ball with all those running backs that they have. They're going to get Debo Samuel involved. They have Brandon Ayuk, they have George Kittle, and Jimmy Garoppolo is going to, Probably make some mistakes along the way, but he's also going to make enough throws to allow them to win football games. And their next game is against the Falcons, who have been a tough out for some teams, the Chiefs, and then a showdown with the Rams. Just a quick look ahead at their next three. It's the same team they had last year in some respects. With a quarterback, at least they know what his floor, what his ceiling is. There are really no questions about that. It's just which version you're going to get on a regular basis. So when you look at this 49er team, they're in first place and they're doing it in large part because of what they're able to do on the defensive side of the ball. Here's what they've allowed points-wise. 19 in week one in that rain game against the Bears, but since then, 7-11-9-15. So the defensive side of the ball has been the big ticket for the San Francisco team for being able to play uh, extremely well and to be in a position where they are in first place in the NFC West. And 49ers fans, I'm sorry that maybe I'm not doing a deeper monologue here in this Monday edition of the show, but there's just so much for these other teams. You have the luxury of being in first place. So because of that, I don't have to dig into some of the things that are ailing you right now. Keep relying on that defense. Keep running the football. Hope Jimmy G doesn't make too many mistakes, and you're probably going to be in this position for a long time because the teams behind the 49ers, they got a lot of problems, starting with the defending Super Bowl champions. This is not the same defending Super Bowl champion team that we thought we were going to see. This is not the same team from last year. They're not getting the play that they need consistently enough for Matthew Stafford. They're not getting the play that they can consistently need from their defense. This is not the same team. And I don't know if we should be shocked by that. I don't know if we should sit here and be like, this Rams team was going to run it back and be the same team that they were last year when they made that run to the Super Bowl. I don't think we expected to to see Matt Stafford have these kinds of struggles. I think we expected Cam Akers, Daryl Henderson to be able to be a value part of the running game but there's just too many injuries to the offensive line that they've restructured that stars and scrubs mentality that they've employed with having those big name players like Jalen Ramsey on defense and Aaron Donald. And then kind of surrounding those guys with maybe not top tier talent at those positions, but going with a stars and scrubs mentality trading their draft picks to go get those stars and not having the capital to be able to replace some of the holes, some of the deficiencies deficiencies of this team with young talent that can fill these roles and be effective impact players. They don't have that. And so what happens is as that core that you have starts to deteriorate and it starts with the quarterback and when you have injuries that start to hurt you in different areas, specifically the offensive line, now you can't protect a quarterback who's already kind of dealing with some stuff. We know the shoulder stuff has been a problem for him. It was a problem at the beginning of the year. It was a problem in the offseason. It was a problem in the preseason. You can't run the ball because you don't have a great offensive line. And so it's great that you have Cooper Cup and he's able to make some big explosive plays. But can you be consistent enough? And that's the problem. They are 2-3 and three because they are not consistent. They were not consistent in Week 1 against the Bills. They were able to find two wins against the Falcons and the Cardinals. We'll get to those Cardinals te- that Cardinal team in a second. And then the 49ers and Cowboys. And listen, all respect to the Cowboys and Cooper Rush who just continue to play great defensively. They do enough offensively. They're setting up their team for when Dak Prescott returns to be really good. Oh, by the way, this is... F- playing out exactly the way we talked about it last week, Next Sunday, this Sunday night. We got a great Sunday night matchup between an undefeated Eagles team and a one-loss Cowboys team in a battle at the top of the NFC East. That should be a lot of fun next Sunday night. There's just no consistency. And I mentioned that the 49ers have the Rams in two weeks. Surrounding those games for the Rams are the Panthers and the Bucks, So maybe there's some opportunity to get some wins. But I don't really see a pathway to get back to the consistency that we saw a year ago. Unless they can get healthy. Unless they can get players back, they got to be able to support their quarterback in more ways because they are just not getting it done right now on the offensive side of the ball. Now, Technically, they have that tiebreaker that puts them in second place over the other two teams, but boy, is that not what we anticipated seeing from this Los Angeles Rams team through five weeks. And it doesn't feel as if looking at it that it's going to get any better anytime soon. Let's talk about the Arizona Cardinals here as we continue our roll through the NFC West and the Cardinals had a matchup against that Eagles team that I just mentioned, the undefeated Eagles team. And the Cardinals had a legitimate opportunity to win a football game against the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't think I would have said that going in. I thought the Eagles would come in and really have their way with the Cardinals. The Eagles, a much more talented team, certainly a a more well coached team, a team that has been playing better, firing all cylinders, more consistent, I didn't really give the Cardinals a great opportunity, even though they were at home, to stay in this game with the Philadelphia Eagles. But they did that. But the same things that continue to plague the Arizona Cardinals in the Cliff Kingsbury, Kyler Murray era seem to rear their ugly heads at the worst possible time. Decision-making, poor play calling. These things are a constant theme throughout the Arizona Cardinals and their struggles to be consistent. They can be really good in the first half, the second halves of seasons have been a struggle for Cliff. This year, it is a struggle in first halves of football games to put up touchdowns. It's been a problem for them, specifically in the first quarter of being able to score touchdowns. They haven't done it yet this season, and I think it dates back to the end of last season because I don't believe they scored a first quarter touchdown in that wild card game against the Rams either. But you have an opportunity to get the ball inside, deep into Philadelphia territory as time is going to expire in regulation to be able to kick a field goal, go to overtime, be tied 20-20. to 20. And on a, third, on a second down play, Kyler Murray scrambles, but starts his slide before he crosses the line to gain the first down. And so on the sidelines, Cliff thought that they had the first down, thought that they had made the line to gain, and so he called for a clock play so that they could stop the clock because the Cardinals were out of timeouts and that they were going to be able to drop another play to get closer than where they were out on the field, which would have been probably around, I think, a 43-yard 40, field goal was the area of the field that they were in. But instead, the new rule... Where that slide starts is where the ball gets placed. And that slide started before the line to gain. So when Kyler clocked it with time remaining on the clock, it was now fourth down. They could not run another play. So they send their kicker, Matt Amendola, who was filling in for Matt Prater. So they don't have their starting kicker. And he shanks a 43-yard field goal that would have tied the game. And these are mental mistakes that should not happen for a quarterback in year three, for a coach in year three. Situational awareness situational decision-making, situational play-calling. These things need to be better, and they are not for the Arizona Cardinals. And so that's the thing that's going to hold them back, is because until they can show that they are able to thrive in these moments and that they're able to find ways to win these games, they are going to be a team that I don't think a lot of people are going to count on to be consistent enough to win the NFC West. Let's look at the Cardinals schedule here of what they've done so far this season. They got destroyed by the Chiefs in their in their home opener to start the year. The only reason why they beat the Raiders was because they were able to make an incredible comeback in the fourth quarter of that game. I don't know how repeatable that kind of performance is. They lost to that Rams team that we just talked about that we all don't feel pr- relatively great about. They go into Carolina and they beat a Panthers team that conversations are ha- being had about making a change by Matt Rule, for Matt Rule here by the time they get to the bye week. And then they lose to this Eagles team. And oh, next up, the Seahawks in Seattle. The Saints, who just came away with a big win yesterday over that Seattle Seahawks team. And then the Minnesota Vikings. Some good competition coming up for the Arizona Cardinals. So they have to be able to turn these things around. Now again, yes, you stayed in the game with the Philadelphia Eagles. That's great. That is a great takeaway from this. But wins and losses are the only thing that matters. So you're staying close. You're staying competitive. You're still in this race in the NFC West. You're still in the race for an NFC playoff spot. But it's these little things that continue to get in the way, and these are these little things that are 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 the warning signs of man. I don't know if this team is going to be able to put it together in enough time to be able to turn things around. And the last team, listen, they're two and three. They're last here on the list because based off of all the tiebreakers, this is where they sit. But uh, they would be the team that I I feel the, the best about here because I don't think anyone expected the Seattle Seahawks to be sitting here at two and three at this point of the season. But here they are, the Seattle Seahawks. They are coming off a loss to the Saints, but this team, competitive against the Falcons, beat the Broncos, beat the Lions in Detroit, competitive against the Saints. They have a quarterback who's giving them a chance to win every week. They did lose Rashad Penny in this game, which is a huge blow for that team. They're getting young production on the defensive side of the ball in Tariq Woolen. I mean, there's a lot to be optimistic about for a team that I don't know if anyone anticipated them winning a ton of games this year after trading away Russell Wilson, but they're they're certainly getting the better quarterback play right now of those two football teams. And so I think that's the encouraging thing. You're getting consistent quarterback play that is giving you a chance to win in all of these games, and it's allowing you to evaluate your roster because, listen, once you trade your quarterback away, once you make the decision to move on from your franchise quarterback and Russell Wilson, eh, the expectation is we're not really trying to win all that quickly. We're rebuilding, we're retooling, whatever fancy phrase we want to use to describe it. But the expectation is we're not going out there winning 9, 10, 11 games and competing in the NFC for a playoff spot, competing to win NFC West crowns, trying to win a Super Bowl, make a championship run. We're not there yet. We're kind of fixing things up. We're retooling. Well, it's very, easily, it's very easy to retool when you have a quarterback that's playing particularly well. It's allowing you to evaluate the rest of your team and you're competing. You're setting up a new culture. Because that's the thing. Even though Pete Carroll is still there and there are still some players that, that play with Russ, you have to install a brand new culture now that Russ is gone. You basically have to start from scratch. And the best way to do that, listen, this is the, the, I'm going to get to this to close the show In my and one more thing. But the Giants, the best thing that's happening for them are these wins. Because yeah, I don't know if we we have the answers about the quarterback, but we're getting wins. Brian Dable's getting wins. He's setting up a culture. Well, I think Pete Carroll also needs to hit the reset bu- reset button at it, when it comes to culture and winning football games, being in football games, being competitive. It's what we talk about with the Detroit Lions. That is so important for setting up the stage for where this team could be in a couple of years. So yeah, they lost yesterday. Yeah, they're two and three like the rest of these teams. But boy, when I look at where these teams are at in reference to where we thought they would be at the beginning of the year, the 49ers are probably in a similar spot. They're 3-2. and two. I think the expectation is this: where they probably would have been hovering around the 500 mark with Trey Lance as they work through some of his struggles just from the fact that he's inexperienced He's a young quarterback taking over this system. I think everyone anticipated the Rams and the Cardinals to be battling up top and the Seahawks bringing up the rear. Well, the Rams and Cardinals are in that middle ground and Seattle is holding on. They're keeping themselves in the mix. But the problem is I don't know if anybody is in a great position to grab that brass ring, to grab that crown of the NFC West and run with it. I don't think any of these teams right now currently, the way they're playing, are designed to do that. Do you feel like the 49ers are designed to, with Jimmy G and the struggles that they've had at times offensively with Jimmy G, do you really anticipate them taking it and running from it? They can if that defense continues to play the the way that they're playing and they can limit their Jimmy Garoppolo mistakes. Just doesn't feel very likely. Are the Rams of old just going to all of a sudden click into place? If they can get healthy, there might be a chance. If Beckham Jr. is going to walk back through that door, give them another option offensively. Yeah, they they can establish their running game. I can see it. We're five games in. It hasn't happened yet. Are the Cardinals going to be able to overcome some of the mental mistakes from Kyler Murray, some of the mental mistakes from Cliff Kingsbury, be more consistent on offense, get off to better starts, score touchdowns in the first quarter, stop playing from behind so often, whether it's on the ho- at home or on the road? Are they going to be able to answer all those questions? So far, hasn't really felt like that the Cliff Kyler era answers those questions very well. And for Seattle, can they continue to get this kind of productive play from Geno Smith and their team on a regular basis? Team that's not not expected to compete, not expected to do all that well. Do they run out of gas at some point? Are they unable to keep this up through 17 games? They got 12 more left after this. Can they keep this up? These are the questions you have to answer. And with all of those questions, I think you can paint a very positive picture but also can paint a very negative picture because I think we can just bunch all of these teams together. You can do that with a lot of the NFC and a, lot of, and a lot of the NFL right now, that it's all kind of bunched together as we still try to figure these teams out. But we're five games in. Next week, we're into the middle of October. We're going to really start to get those answers. If not, we have already getting the hints of where those answers are. And for me, the NFC West is wide open. Any one of these teams can get hot and, I think, take this over. doesn't look like anybody's in a position to do so right now because they they all have their problems that they're working through, but the opportunity is there. And I don't know if all of these teams felt like that opportunity would have been there when the season began. But here we are five weeks in. So I ask the question, does anybody want to win the NFC West? And who's going to be able to address their problems the quickest? Because I think the team that can figure it out There's a golden opportunity here to kind of run away with this thing. So if they can figure out their problems, if they can address these concerns, if they can fix what's ailing them, if they can get healthy if needed, if they can get the players back, they're going to help them turn this around. The team that does that the quickest is going to be the team that wins the NFC West. Oh, and one more thing. I said it earlier in the show. I had to talk about those New York Giants because it feels like I might owe them an apology. Because in last week's show, when talking about the starts for the teams in the NFC East, I said... Not really sure if I buy the way that this Giants team has started. Well, they went over there to London and still without a ton of their talent in the wide receiver department. And with a quarterback that I still think the jury's still out on, they beat the Green Bay Packers. They're 4-1. and one. And at the end of the day, I could talk about how, oh, I don't think it's sustainable. I don't think it's repeatable. I don't think that they're going to be able to keep this up through 17 games. At the end of the day, wins are wins are wins in the NFL, and that's exactly what the New York Giants continue to do. And I just feel so overjoyed for my friends that are Giants fans. Again, I'm from New York originally. I've grown up around people who are Giants fans. As a Jet fan, I don't hate the Giants the way some New York sports rivalries work. I'm excited to see where they're going to be able to go because New York football needs to turn around, and if both the Jets and Giants can do that together, that would be very cool. And I think the cool part about it is this feels so different than when Joe Judge was there. And not just the wins, it's the way that they're competing, it's the way that he's firing up the team on the sidelines, the way that he has them engaged. You can tell that there's a level of buy-in. Because in order to play the way this team is playing, with the injuries that they've suffered, with some of the inconsistencies that they've had in terms of players being available, in terms of the play from the quarterback, all of that stuff. He keeps them engaged. He's building a culture that they have bought into. They want to play hard for each other. They want to play hard for their coach because they can see the light at the end of the tunnel. They can see what they're building. And they go out there and compete hard for 60 minutes every single Sunday, Thursday, Monday, whenever they play they go out there and they compete because that is a reflection of the leadership quality of their coach. And so, kudos to Brian Dable. Uh, yes, your team is 4-1, and one, and that should be the the headline because they are 4-1. They are playing well. So far, they are the, one of the best teams in the NFC based on the way their record reflects. But I think the culture that they're building for long-term success there in New York, not just for this season, is the biggest takeaway that I have because these wins are going to go a long way. This fight is going to go a long way. It is not that long ago that you had a coach calling kneel downs in the, the the depth of your own inside your own 15-yard line in the final game of the season. We are not that far removed from Joe, Joe Judge doing that, but it feels like it is so far away from that moment because of how quickly Brian Dable has changed the culture. Now, wins help a lot, but it just feels different. It passes the eyeball test. So an apology to the New York Giants. I don't know where this season is going to take you, but through five games... You have been extremely impressive in the way that you've played and you're winning football games. And at the end of the day, that is the currency that matters in the NFL. That's wins. And you got it done against the Packers yesterday in London. So apologies to you. And again, you are setting up a fantastic battle in the NFC East. That's going to do it for the Monday edition of the show. Tomorrow on the show, you know the drill. We react to the latest TDN mock draft. This one coming straight from the TDN content team. Not the scouting team. The content team got together. The entire team put together this mock draft, and it's a good one. A, a quarterback, a surprising quarterback name, uh, finds himself into the, into the top 15. That is going to be the focus of tomorrow's show. Hope everybody has a great Monday. Enjoy Monday Night Football. I'll talk to you tomorrow.